0: It's Tuesday, March 16th, 2021. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio St. Patrick's Day special brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Ched Chesko. Hey, Ched, Sixers are hot winning 8 of 10 but picking up just a half a game in the standings. Flyers struggled last week losing 3 to the Caps but got a big win in overtime last night against the Rangers. Spring training is getting to the midpoint. NFL season is opening up. And March Madness is finally back upon us. Yeah, we're going to get to all of that,
1: Bill. So much to talk about, as always. And then in the second hour, Bill, we're going to get time uh, to go over the Grammy Awards, have you give your thoughts on the Academy Award nominations, uh, the ongoing J-Lo, A-Rod saga. (laughs) And before we finish up the night, Bill, Uh, It's going to have you and me and our guest show off
0: our Irish step dancing skills. So we got a lot planned tonight. Well, I tell you what, I I have somewhere to be in the second hour, so uh, (laughs) I I won't be there for any of that. Uh, There isn't
1: a second hour. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh, I know. That would be great, though. And there's really not
0: much more for me to say (laughs) on any of those topics than anybody would like.
1: I understand.
0: But, hey, great to have March Madness (laughs) back, even though a little different look, Chet. No Duke. Uh, no Kentucky, but we've got grand Canyon. We've got, uh, Drexel. We've got some other teams that are going to be in and, uh, we have it covered tonight with tonight's guest Betters insider.com contributor, Bob Patron jr. Joining us.
1: Yeah. Very different, uh, NCAA tournament. Indeed. Bill, we'll see if, uh, the NCAA can pull it off. As you said, Nova Drexel, even Rutgers in the dances here. It's a very different schedule. COVID protocols, of course, are in place. Not the buzz of a normal year, but it'll certainly be interesting. And you just know there's going to be plenty of surprises along the way.
0: Well, I think so. And uh, we're going to cover it all with, as we said, we have Bob Vitrome with us tonight. So, Boop, welcome back to Philly Press Box Radio. And uh, it, March Madness is going to be interesting, but we're glad we're having it.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was such a shame last year when it broke. And, you know, right at the beginning of the most important, most fun sporting event of the year, by the way, there's only one Irish tradition I would join you guys in, and it is not dancing. So, um, <laughs> and my wife wants me to thank you for making me get a shower on a Tuesday. So you got that going for you. <laughs> and
1: all go, right. Oh. He's like Oprah. He just needs one name. Boop. That's all. <laughs> That's, that's all. All right. Not the name my wife uses. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. All right. This is your fourth visit with us, and yeah, oh. unlike last year, we do have some NCAA tournament basketball to discuss. And being the numbers guy that you are, and a guy who writes about sports betting, how tough is it this year to guess just you know how things might play out, given not only how wide the tournament is, but you got to factor in you know potential COVID nineteen issues along the way. It's going to be a crazy year to try to figure things out.
2: Yeah, I was tossing this around with a friend of mine online the other night, and we were thinking that teams that are up big are gonna be a little more likely to pull the starters, figuring they have it and rest up because there's so many things going on physically. Um, you know, they they're changing their bodies, they have to stay in the the dorms all the time, no getting out. Their bodies are so different that I think getting them off the court a little quicker. If you're up twenty-two with six minutes to go, you might look to start resting the guy as opposed to waiting until under the four-minute timeout. So that might lead to a little bit more unders. Um, as far as covering, that that's always tough to say because when a team gets down big, you're looking at the end of your bench and you say, you know what, those kids should get into this game. And now you're looking at a 15 becoming a 22 and you can't cover the 18. That's less iffy. I think under is going to be a – uh, but again, and the whole thing is, wise guys know this. The people that make the line spend hours talking about this, too. So, you know, I always like to look at the first four to get an idea of how those trends might go. And then we'll be able to get to them all in one day on Thursday.
0: Hey, Bob, uh, as we mentioned, the opening Grand Valley is in. Drexel is in with a four and five conference regular season record.
2: Uh, Duke is home watching. Kentucky's home watching. Is that good for college basketball? I think it is, you know, to me, college basketball is about five or six different factions of the sport. They're the Duke and they're the Kentuckys. And, you know, if they don't get to the final four, it's not a good year for them. But then, like you said, there's a Grand Canyon who's fairly new to Division one. And for them, getting to the tournament is like a title. Then there are the mid-majors who's, you know, maybe have not been to a regional and that's their goal. So it's a culmination. when, when When the hockey players start, there's one goal, the Stanley Cup for all of them, pretty much. This there's so many different goals, so many different bars to be jumped by teams that have been there, haven't been there, haven't done well, people in new spots. So I think it's just it's a culmination of a lot of different factions of a sport that you don't get in any other sport. Um, Now that you know, Division One football is basically two different divisions. You don't have the versatility where you have a Grand Canyon, you know, the Grand Canyon kids playing a game as the you know. Gonzaga kids are watching them in the same event, and that's uniquely wonderful.
1: Well, for our viewers, I'm going to put up the bracket on the screen, and I'll ask you, Boop, did the NCAA get it right with the top seeds—Gonzaga, Michigan, Baylor, and Illinois?
2: Absolutely. At this point in time, those are the four best teams in the country. Um, I'm, you know, Ohio State could have made a play for it, but I think by the time they got to the Big Ten, Illinois was playing so well that they knew they were going to get the one. Um, You know, Baylor had that one three week stretch uh, of a a, um, COVID absence that kind of hurt them. Um, But for most of the year, they've been playing just they've been the best second best team in the the country. Gonzaga is absolutely overall number one. No reason to think they're not. You know, they actually have a 30 game winning streak that goes back to last year because they won their three games in the conference tournament.
1: Oh yeah. Before
2: that, and there was so you know usually there's not that many teams that end a year on a winning streak, but there was a lot <laughs> yeah. last year. So yeah, I think they got it right. Um, you know, at the beginning of January, Villanova would have been one of my ones at the point they would have been the third best team in the country, but we've seen how that played out, and and still might play out. So yeah, I think they got it right.
0: Well, let's get to that game. Uh, obviously, the local interest. Villanova kind of stumbling into the tournament here. Winthrop. 23 of one, 12 seeds. It looks like a great 512 matchup that's prime for an upset.
2: It oh, really yeah. is. Um, you know, the thing about Winthrop is they haven't had a player all year score more than 22 points in a game. So wow. they've been getting it, you know, they've got this Chandler Valdrin, who's a six-seven guard, who's a well, a triple-double machine in the fact that he had three of them this year to lead the country. Um, 12 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. You know, he shoots 48 and 38 percent. He only shoots seventy percent from the free throw line, which is about the league, uh, the uh, nation's average. So he's the guy to watch. Their only loss was to UNC Asheville. They shot a, a season low thirty two percent, and still and three for twenty from threes, and still only managed to lose by two. Uh, they forced twenty two turnovers. They play at a higher pace, which I think Villanova can do when they have to. Um, but it's it's but twenty three and one is twenty three and one, whether you're in the Big South or the Big Ten. So it's it's not a rollover, and I think from the moment those names went up on the board, people said that. So um, Colin Gillespie would be a great guy to have in this game, but they don't have him. He's known it for a while. I'm under the people think I'm crazy. I didn't mind them losing in the first game of the Big East tournament. Getting out of there, getting together in your dorms or your one or two practices they had up there, and start to worry about what they can do to their offense without Gillespie, as opposed to having to worry about two more op- uh, opponents in the Big East, you know, celebrating all that stuff. They got out of there. Maybe they lost cost of the seed line, right? But they had they needed to work on their offense without Gillespie. A big part of their game is him backing down, and there's no one, there's no Rick Brunson, no Rick Brunson, there's no Jalen Brunson that can do that for him now. So um, I, I'm not upset as, I mean, I won them to win, obviously the, the, the uh, biggies, but I'm not uh, as upset at losing that first game as you might think. Does that makes sense? It yeah. sounds silly to me, but yeah, <laughs> it
1: does. You've, you've called this the best sporting event of the year. Even if Philly teams don't stick around long in the dance, can we find some other underdog team or a team with a great
2: story to root for? Well, let me tell you this quick thing right now. Drexel this year, uh, became the only the second Philadelphia team to win their women's and men's conference tournaments, which is a pretty cool thing. The first team to do that was St. Joseph's in 1997. A deep bench freshman on that 1997 team was a guy named John Gallagher, who is now the head coach at Hartford. He has a LaSalle High School player on his team. He is about as personable of a guy you can have outside of my direct family and he is just going to absolutely – he owns the, the Final Four town a lot when he's not in the in the uh, tournament. He's just going to absolutely have a ball out there on and off the court. His kids love him. He started – he's been at Hartford for about 10 years. He's well on his way to making Hartford the, the culture in that level of Division One that Jay Wright has done at Villanova.
0: Hey, Boop, it would be very difficult for me to root for anything that says Michigan, uh, but – what about Phil Martelli maybe getting a chance to win the national championship? They're a number
2: one seed. They're pretty good. Absolutely. And you know, there's a lot of people that say he is coaching that team. Um, and who knows what goes on behind the scenes. Uh, you know, I've known Phil since he got the job off and on, you know, mostly electronically, but I've met him a few times. Good friends with my father, good Philly guy, knows his sports. The fact that he had he had he had a heck of a 10 days there where St. Joe's just shanked the proverbial rug from under him and then one of the biggest programs in the country come looking to try to help out you know one of the highest profile coaches there are and juan howard um yeah it, it you know it really is i love things where i get where teams add to my list that i want to watch you know like um one of the guys i worked with at the daily news was a big saint bonaventure fan so i kind of became a hey let's we'll check out the bonnie score um You know, you're always rooting for teams like like I'll root for Georgetown because, as one of my first rules my father ever taught me, was you want the team that eliminates you to do better. So, if Georgetown does well, as they did in the Big East, it makes the Villanova loss look less likely. There's enough local people around the country that makes it, there's hardly a game that I won't be interested in. Well, there's hardly a game in any, in a November Marist you know texas southern game is it is on my scope sometimes so um there's just a lot of reasons for you to want to be able to and the thing is if you watch the first round you'll get learn other things about teams so that you're looking forward to them in the second round maybe you've never seen them before now all of a sudden you're looking forward to the next game
1: well speaking of those early round games i have not watched college hoops religiously this season so i'm not going to make any big wagers that's for sure but if i were any tips? Uh, any sleeper teams? Maybe a tenth, eleventh, or twelfth seed, like a Winthrop, who could make a little run.
2: Well, you know, I really haven't looked at. I was worrying more concerned about who I thought might win the title of uh, those lower seeds. There's always uh, we'll something. get to that. Yeah, we'll get there's to always that. somebody. Um, I watched a little bit of UC Santa Barbara in one of their games that was late night. Uh, I know Colorado. I'm not even sure what number of Colorado is, but I, they were five. They looked really good in their first round game against California. Cost me some money, so that's why I'm thinking them. Um, but a lot of those, it, it it all comes down to this. And teams, the three is such a big uh, evener out in these things, especially in that mm-hmm. we saw this UMBC. You know, they had the speed and athleticism that Virginia didn't have. But because they that all goes naught if you shoot four for 15 instead of nine for 15 on threes in the first half. So the three is such a big thing. Um, teams that shoot the threes regularly as part of their offense make – is a lot easier to deal with than a team that falls behind and has to start incorporating it into a set that they normally wouldn't have. Um, so if you wanted to scan those double-digit seeds, look for the team that shoots threes a lot and makes them occasionally, well, more than occasionally. So,
0: Well, speaking of that opening round game with Drexel, the other local team we talked briefly about, uh, against Illinois, um, the number one against the number 16, uh,
2: can Drexel compete in this game? Last three and a half games, Drexel is 38 for 69 on threes. That's a 55% thing. That's against CAA competition and not what they're going to meet on the court. But in order to stay close, it's going to, they're going to have to shoot something like that. They're not going to win. The 16 seed is one in 139. Um, It would be a, a huge deal. The way to look, I look at this is Drexel's not really a 16 seed because they let those four, those two playing games be 16 seeds. Those are the 16 seeds. In the 64-team world, Drexel's a 15-team. That Seven of those teams have won the years. That's a little closer. Illinois is just so good. Illinois, in the Big Ten, in their 23 Big Ten games, was a plus-8 per-game rebounding edge. Pretty good. In their six non-conference games, they were plus-16.8 rebounding games. And that's about the level Drexel will be on their non-conference game. So they're going to have to make take threes. They're going to have to make them. They're going to have to make everything. They're not going to be many rebounds left to have. Um, I look at this game as, yeah, it'd be great if they win, but I will jot down the score at every TV timeout and try to hope they win four, five, six of those little segments and call that a victory in my, in my book. Um, right. But stranger things have happened.
1: Uh, right, you mentioned that uh, they got it right with the top four seeds, you know, the four number ones, but typically not all of them make it all the way to April. So what's the boop final four? Who's going to be there at the end, the final four, and uh, who's the best shot to win it all?
2: It's really hard to not like Gonzaga. Um, I know they haven't quite, they do have a lot they would have had more better non-league conference games if there hadn't been so much COVID problems. But they played some pretty good teams. Their league is not awful. It's right under the the, the, the uh, big six. Um, and they've got as good a coach in the country right now when it comes to March. Uh, Baylor, the three weeks off, bothered me a little bit. I think they might be up for um, a stumble. The way I look at it is the right side of the bracket is going to end up being the re, uh, replay of the Big Ten championship game. It's going to be the two-seed Ohio State against Illinois, who right now might be playing as well as anybody in the country. Uh, Gonzaga, obviously, out of the other conf- – in the West. The East, I- I've always liked Shaka Smart so much since he's been knocking Drexel out every year at VCU. He's only had two NCAA teams at Texas. He had a six-seed and a ten-seed, and they both lost in the first round. Um, they're now the fourth-best team in the country, according to one poll. He might just have his what's going to be his best Texas team ever. So, in um, that that unless I, I think he they might come out of that that um that quad, the uh, region down there Texas uh, as far as who's going to win the whole thing I'm going to go with Illinois. I'm going to say that Gonzaga is going to take after 1961 Ohio State and 1979 Indiana State and not lose a darn game all the way up until the mm-hmm. final and then go home unhappily with one loss.
0: Interesting. Because okay. I, I know a lot of the experts uh, on that on that cable channel, uh they they like Gonzaga to run the whole thing. it's gonna be interesting
2: to see. Yeah, well uh, final four should be fun if at least two of those three big teams get there. Um if one of the if a seven or one of those eleven seeds sneaks in, uh, the final four could be a the Saturday final four could be ugly. So
1: yeah. Hey Boop, we, we haven't that had that an that undefeated that. team we haven't had a team go all the way since i guess indiana in 1976 and so you don't think Which, it's going to happen this year either
2: well that happens to be also be the last year that had no duke nor kentucky in it so huh. there you go there's a there's a um some mirroring <laughs> going on there all right hey Boop, what do you think uh how do you think
0: covid could play into this if a team if a team were to test positive or somebody
2: test positive what what happens? What- They're out. Diane? Well, the bracket locked as of 6 o'clock. Up until 6 o'clock tonight, if Kansas had called and said, listen, we can't get our guys healthy, they'd call Louisville, who was the next team in. They had right. up until 6 o'clock tonight for that to happen. That is now locked. And now you can't play a game, you lose the game in a, a play-in or whatever it is or a 2 nothing forfeit as it used to be back in my little league. Um, I think more concerning – not concerning, but the difference is going to be how this is being handled out in Indianapolis uh, between all the venues, players being sequestered transportation for not only the teams and their staffs. And there are, you know, it's not just a team out there. There's a staff of managers and uh, uh, trainers and front office staff and coaches. Um, so it's not just 15 people moving around. Uh, they have to eat, they have to practice, they have to do this, that, and the other thing. And then there are, you know, you uh, um, Things like on the fans, so it's not just all Indianapolis, all college basketball teams at the time. This is not Toronto and Edmonton in the NHL. This is uh, more of a hey, everybody come see this, and we're all trying to get by COVID together. How the kids, and luckily, they most of them have had all year to deal with being apart from this from the club, not practicing quite as much. Um, how they deal with this at the highest level with, under the, the scrutiny of the uh, brightest flashlight, it might be as determining as the matchup you get in any particular game.
1: Bob, I saw the other day that uh, there's not as many office pools as there used to be, maybe because so many people are working from home or whatever. But uh, we're seeing a lot of ads for betting. I know betting is very popular, both in person and online. Is that what you're seeing, that a lot of people are making bets online?
2: Every month the number goes up. When I read the numbers out of Vegas and, you know, it's they give here their Vegas numbers and then you see the Jersey numbers and the Jersey number, Jersey has been the biggest month for most of the last year as far as betting. That's mostly because New York doesn't have it yet. That people yeah. en mass are driving across the bridge, betting and turning around and going home. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there is a lot of betting. Um, it's there are three or four States right on the verge of it now. I think the whole key to this legalized betting aspect is that you don't have to bet $50 in every game. You know, you don't have to bet just the main line that you can go in there with a dollar and take a, you know, a long underdog and hope to win 20. And that helps a, the people might have a problem gambling. It helps. And because it's automated, it doesn't tie anybody up on the other end. Uh, The bookie doesn't have to write a zillion things, a bookie quote unquote, doesn't write down a thousand, you know, that's one of the reasons they wouldn't take all these bets in the old days because those little notepads weren't big enough to hold, you know, Joel Embiid over 27 and a half points in the game. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's it's there. It's going to get better. I I, I love the girl from DraftKings. I don't remember Her name escapes me, but she spends more time in my living room on the TV than my wife does. You know, she's always popping up and make it rain. I'm like, no, make it stop. Um, (laughs) You know, and I'm guilty of it. We try to write about it a lot and what we're doing. And I actually have accounts with nine of the 19 New Jersey uh, sports things because those are the nine that have the different odds. Some of the places have the same odds provider, so I don't check them. But I'll go through. I was going through before I got on with you. I will bet a dollar on every 9 to 16 seed in the tournament for the first two rounds, hoping to get a UMBC or four or five combinations that cover my $32. So I'm about halfway through. I've gone through uh, half the bracket and through nine things and gotten the best odds. For instance, I'll tell you that Drexel is a plus 3,300 at one site and a plus 900 at another to win the game. So um, I went to 3,300, so so okay. you know. Uh, but there's so much. Di- um, uh, and the way the, way the uh, betting people are presenting things, you can see from the um, commercials that they show how different they are. You get promos about, hey, here, bet this, and you'll get this. Um, I know DraftKings about once a week has a no-brainer that gives me a free $10. You know, bet a dollar that Boop eats a piece of fruit, and you get $10. Um, (laughs) And it just seems there's so many of them, it's hard hard to keep track of, but it's fun. And, again, if if you're going to bet to win, you want to bet with the most odds, and that's one of the reasons I like to go through all nine um, different uh, levels of odds. So, okay. Hey, hey I, want, I, want to
0: throw a, I want to throw a question up here that one sure. of our viewers, John Roberts, put up. And I, I'm not sure I fully understand the question, but you probably do. Ask Boop how he feels about not being able to bet on your team if they're playing in your state,
2: like Jersey. I cannot bet Rutgers from my basement here in Cherry Hill. Um, if I drove across the bridge to Philadelphia, I'd have to download the Pennsylvania app and then bet Rutgers. Um, I don't, I understand a little bit why they don't want Rutgers people betting on Rutgers, but it's, it's beyond, I don't, I don't think it's doing what they want it to do. In the fact that they say, Hey, we're doing stuff to protect the integrity of this. Um, It's not, not every state does that. Pennsylvania, you can bet on the teams, the Sixers and the Flyers here in Jersey. um, I'm not sure if the same pro sports, but I know you can't bet in college sports. Um, I disagree with it. I understand it when it first started, two years ago it took me forever i could not find a Seton hall line on a game i really wanted to bet and it took me like 20 minutes to realize oh Seton hall's in new jersey i'm in new jersey hence the problem uh i disagree with that if new york comes on and doesn't and allows that more states allow you to bet on your college in your state i think the states that have that in place may rescind it um but i don't agree with it but i understand it
1: well one other thing before we uh move along here as a Sixers fan I'm guessing that uh, as with me and other fans you were watching the game last Friday evening and at about 9 35 Joel Embiid landed awkwardly on his left leg didn't get up right away fortunately it was not a season ending thing but a bone bruise that'll keep him out of action two to three weeks I know it hurt his MVP odds a bit but what does it mean for the Sixers will they have this without him are they going to drop down a couple of seeds ultimately
2: yeah, I, that's interesting because I think you really want to have that number one seed in the East. They yeah. have the best home record in the league. They're like eighty nine and fourteen in the last two and a half years at the center, so that is a big, big plus for them. You want to finish one in the in the conference because there are they're not head and shoulders above the rest of the conference. There's a couple teams right there, and we know they can lose. Um, yeah, it's it, it's hurtful, but the fact that he's gone through years where he's had to take time off just whatever, whatever, what the load management, maybe this makes it a little bit more um, transparent. Now oh, he's got the knee. Let's a little easier to deal with now that he's resting the knee. Um, you know, I go back, I go up in the late 60s. I was born in 1962. Every time somebody has a knee injury, I go back to the old Billy Cunningham, uh, the picture of him, his knee going down to screaming in pain and he was never, ever the same. And, I felt every time I see an injury to a local guy that I'm really fond of, it, it the same thing rings through my head, and that was Embiid, Gillespie, even more when he fell, fell down his ankle the other day. So, um, you know, we take a lot for granted that these guys go out there day after day. And, and again, in normal times, they practice two, three times, especially the college kids, two, three times more often than they play. It's amazing there's not more of that. Um, and you hate to see it on national TV. You hate to see it to a guy that's having as good a year as he is having. And, um, yeah, it could affect them, but at some point you got to measure how big, how important is the number one seed is to making sure he's healthy at the end of the year.
1: And By the way, happy birthday to, to wow. well, he's
2: 27 today. How about that? And he's been here 15 years, so he's <laughs> <Yeah>. to <quite laughs> <only> 12. <laughs> hey, all
0: right, Bill, what do you got? All right. I'm going to take, uh, you guys off the rails a little bit to a whole different topic. And Chad, I told you that I mentioned this to Boop. I have not mentioned it to you, so nope. you don't know what's coming. Uh, but I want to talk baseball for a minute. I want to talk the Phillies, and I want to talk Dick Allen in particular. Uh, you know there's some rumblings going on about the Phillies wearing a Dick Allen patch, a 15-patch on their jersey. Uh, they've retired his number and so forth because everybody feels like he is a sure Hall of Fame selection, mm-hmm. I think. So I did a little, got to do a little homework, so let me lay this out for you just a second as quickly as I can. When they select the committee – that picks these uh, groups, the golden era group, the the, uh, the committee was picked at the same time the names were selected, okay, last time. So that list of guys on there, you know, you think, well, they only need one more vote. They only need to swing one vote for them to get in. He was one short. Tony Oliva, one short. Uh, Jim Cott, two short. Well, it's not that way. Jim Bunning, Rod Carew, Pat Gillick, Ferguson Jenkins, Al Kaline, Joe Morgan, Ozzy Smith, and Don Sutton were the players in that committee. Half of them are dead. Um, in the in the executives, two of the four are dead, or three of the four are dead, and the other one's 91 years old. Um, the same with the media. A couple of those guys are dead. So you're not going to have these same 16 guys. So does Dick Allen get in the Hall of Fame if, let's say uh, – Jim Bunning's not in this group. Now Greg Maddox is. Say uh, Robbie Alomar replaces Joe Morgan. I'm just making up names. Hall of Famer for Hall of Famer. So now you have Dick Allen having to go on a whole clean slate um, with probably a younger generation of guys, unless you put 90-year-old Willie Mays in there. So I lay that out to you, Philly baseball fans, sports fans, lifers, and say, does Dick Allen get in the Hall of Fame or does he
2: not? OOP. A, I don't think he will get in. Uh, he hasn't gotten in yet for whatever reason, you know, semantics or, or, um, you know, um, attitude or whatever. And then the people that do the voting, it's all beyond me. Sometimes it should be just about baseball. So by changing the committee and then, you know, to what you did and then having to change it again, it's not helpful for him. So I don't think, Hey, I don't think you should, he will get in. Should he be in? I don't think there's any question for 10 years. He was as Powerful and feared a hitter as there was. It was across both leagues. It was across two different types of play with the DH and without the DH. Um, and to me, Dick Allen, my two one of my favorite memories with my father was when he came back to Philadelphia. His first game back, my father came down from the press box and sat with me so he could stand up and applaud one of his favorites from growing up. Um, I would not, and I don't know anything about this, other than watching the way the guy's career progressed. Don't underestimate Dick Allen's um, influence or Michael Schmidt dealing with Philadelphia and its press and everything. It was to me, Mike Schmidt could have imploded here so many times was, as well as he played and the stuff he got at certain times. I think if it wasn't for Dick Allen and Pete Rose, Mike Schmidt might not be in the hall of fame. He might've had all this talent and it may not have gotten to a point where he could deal with what he had to deal with. So as good as Dick Allen was to be helping Mike, I was in the hall of fame for getting to be Mike for getting Mike Schmidt to be Mike Schmidt throughout his career. Um, And he was also a feared hitter. His arms were bigger than some of the trees I have out in my yard.
1: Well, whoever's doing the voting.
2: Right. Like a 38 or a 40. 40, 40, Yeah. 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 yeah, I'm I'm just My hoping whoever
1: favorite. makes the decision that they look at the stats, they talk to people who played in that generation and they'll all tell you that Allen was one of the most feared hitters and his numbers are right up there with all the other guys who are in the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, he definitely belongs and I'm hoping it happens even though it's, you know, posthumous.
2: I don't know enough about it to say yes or no. I'm so it's hard to believe people want to vote there's so many they, that the writers didn't want a unanimous selection for so long that doesn't make sense so that tells me that the entire process has some screwing myth screwiness in it even the veterans committee i mean it, was richie aspern all of a sudden a hall of famer after 107 years and how many different committees did they have to get to instill him yeah. i'm not a big hall of fame guy across the board baseball has it less right than most of the other places does that make and, sense
0: and yep. i say quick to you guys uh, the patch on the uniform you're good with that and if yeah. you are if you are, uh, do you, down the road, does Jimmy Rollins get a patch? Does Chase Utley get a patch? Does Brian Howard get a patch as the core of the team? You know, where where do you go with all that?
1: Well, I think the patch, the patch is because I think he just died, and they're honoring him that way because he just passed away. Now, in the future, who knows?
2: yeah it's not a contest it's not like uh you know not only must i succeed when my friends have to fail you know this is something for dick allen has nothing to do with the other guys if at some point there are things that happen or they don't get in or you know there's an unfortunate situation you know a patch is as good a thing to do to show i like i like patches and when you commiserate things like that to teach younger kids that it's not always all about the game you know there are Things outside the sport, you can still be a human being, you still respect your elders, you can still respect your opponents. And when you put a patch on, like doing Jackie Robinson across the league, that tells kids that are gonna be in the, this league for the next 30 years, important as much as what my next at bat is gonna turn out. So yep. yeah, I'm always fine with a patch. You can't overdo it, but this is certainly a situation where it's it's commendable.
0: Perfect. Well, hey boot, before we let you go, appreciate that. Good, good topic, guys. Before we let okay. go, can you let the uh, the viewers, listeners know where they can follow you through the tournament and all the places that you've got a lot going on?
2: Well, I got boopstats.com, my own website where I put some stuff up. Uh, right now, I've got the two, the men's and women's schedules done in a real nice, neat way that you can see the time in the channel and print it out and know where everything is. Um, I also work for bettersinsider.com, so I'll be putting some NCAA betting stuff up there. If you're into any of the uh, soccer or basketball or hockey go to betters insider we got lots of guys writing about various picks and stuff and they got all the soccer covered soccer's where they kick the ball you run around yeah, yeah. I, I got lost at running so yeah <laughs> so Insider.com and boopstats.com i'm all over twitter i got lots of stats i post every morning on twitter um you know the one villanova stat i wanted to send, tell you guys before i left was you know they are 10 and 1 this year when they have nine or more turnovers but just six and five when they have eight or less. And that tells me that they probably can play at a little quicker pace than they do sometimes, and that will play into them holding off when they, right. They're they better when they have more turnovers. I do, and that is strictly, I'm sure, that is a product of pace. Um, but, <laughs> again, and they, they are second in the nation in turnovers per game right behind Wisconsin hmm. at 9.05 or 9.00, depending on if you go the by the NCAA stats or the Villanova stats. Villanova gave themselves one less turnover this year than the NCAA has. And hey, I tracked down the exact point in the play-by-play where they missed it. So,
1: By the way, Boop, is this that uh, Irish thing that you're
2: okay with? That looks familiar, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a light guy, but, you know, it is, it's well, Irish. so you Only know.
1: because it's St. Patrick's Day. I'm going with the Guinness uh, tonight, so okay. what
0: the heck. So yeah, there's, yeah, I'm, there's I'm no go Irish have, jig, right? No Irish, no Irish guy, jig.
2: going to need more than one of those. So. <laughs>
0: All right, Poop. Well, hey, thanks for coming by. Let's do it again. And, uh, Absolutely. what looking forward to following you throughout the tournament for sure. Yeah, my pleasure, and good luck with the Irish dancing. Oh, All <laughs> Thank right. <you. laughs> thanks, Poop. All right, Chet, let's talk insurance. If you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we've got the spot for you. All-state insurance in Westchester, PA.
1: Yes, indeed, Bill. One of the best benefits of having an all-state insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship... Well, it means you can work with someone who knows you, understands your family's needs, someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what's most important to you and your family. Call Dave today at Allstate in Westchester, Pennsylvania, 610-430-0700. Once again, 610-430-0700. Hey, everybody, it's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Silly Press Box Radio. You lucky people.
0: Hey, Willie. Hey, Chet, Sixers, 1-8 out of 10, as we said. Joel Embiid is injured, as we also said. But the Nets, the Bucks, and the Heat, this was before the end of last night, so I think I'm still on track uh, when I was putting these stats together. They've gone 9-1 and in the same period. So uh, the Sixers have picked up a half a game. That's it. Uh, this isn't going to be easy down the, the stretch in the second half. No,
1: not at all. I'm just so relieved that Embiid's injury was not a season-ender. It was scary, but I'll tell you, post-All-Star break, they have won three straight in blowouts, including a 35-point win the other night over the Spurs, and that was no Embiid in that one. Uh, they had no Simmons the previous game, and neither of those guys in the first game, because of the COVID protocol, didn't matter. Everybody else has been stepping up, from you know Tobias to Dwight Howard to Danny Green, and uh, even Tony Bradley, of all people, the other night. So, Batiste Thibel also, who always gives you great defense, he's been coming to life offensively as well. Uh, it's great to see, but as we've talked about, they do have a tough road coming up, not just because Embiid is out, but they have that six-game West Coast trip. They have the Bucks at home tomorrow night before all of that. So, yeah, a tough couple of weeks, and it makes it even more difficult without Joel.
0: Yeah, it, and it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I, I would expect that they're you know, I don't know when he's going to be back, but there's certainly not going to be any need to rush him, I wouldn't think. And uh, they just need to hold the hold the line, as they say, hold the rope.
1: Yeah, well, they said two to three weeks they were going to re-evaluate him in two weeks. So, best case scenario, he's back, you know, right at the end of March. Uh, I think they're going to be cautious and make it the full three weeks, which will puts you into the first week of April.
0: Yeah, well, and, and unless they crash, why not mm-hmm. just let him sit? You know yeah he, he yeah. is actually hurt now but we can Th- this is legitimate He's yeah actually hurt we can let him sit a little bit so. yeah
1: this is legitimate so yeah. get
0: well joel and happy birthday big guy yeah, wait well, and it's and the other thing chad i think is going to be interesting to see if these other teams can keep up this pace as well they're all playing great you know if you're winning nine out of ten games you're playing great can everybody keep playing great and sooner or later you're going to start playing each other
1: and The Nets are doing it without uh Durant, he's hurt. Uh, big game at the center Wednesday evening. The Bucks in town, so we'll see how the Sixers can do without Joel against the team that has also started to get hot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Chet. Hey, I think I hear a bell. Uh, there it is. Ring that bell. Ah, uh, yes, we what have we made
1: have? it, Bill. Uh, here we go. Not long ago, in fact, it was March 6th, to be exact, a guy who played an important role in the music business left us. His name is Lou Ottens, and in the early 1960s, Bill, he was a guy who helped invent, or he did invent, the cassette tape. He's holding one in his hand in the picture that I have put up. Um, For me, I started buying albums, and I'm talking about actual albums, LPs, in the late 1960s. And vinyl was what I bought pretty regularly all through the 70s and 80s. I never owned an 8-track player, I'm happy to say. Never any 8-track tapes because they were awful. Um, I did discover cassettes, though, in the early 70s. And I occasionally bought some of those. In fact, I got to tell you, the first couple that I bought in 1973 or 74 were by Mott the Hoople, the great Ian Hunter band. One of them entitled Mott. The other one entitled The Hoople. Mott had the hit all the way from Memphis on it. The Hoople had a great song in there called Roll Away the Stone. I was a big fan of Mott the Hoople and Ian Hunter. Anyway, uh, over the years I didn't buy too many pre-recorded cassettes, just maybe a dozen to two dozen but I did buy hundreds of blank cassettes over the years to make compilation cassettes and what I would do is I would you know, just put a bunch of songs together put them on a tape and I did that from the mid 70s through the early 90s. Things like uh, this one, 31 um, Pop Favorites, Double Shots of Rock. Let's see what else. Oh, yeah. Modern Rock, 1993, 1994. That was one of the last ones I made. Uh, Chet's Party Tape, Volumes 1, 2, and 3. Just a great collection there. And uh, believe it or not, Bill, when I was 20 years old, I actually put out a cassette of my own. I am not kidding you. Some covers and some tunes I actually wrote myself, including a couple of uh, big hits. Well, in my mind, they were big hits. One was called Bicentennial Bullfrog, the other Table Hockey Wizard. The cassette was called Fantasy Child, Jim Chesko. And that's pictured me as a kid, but I actually did this when I was 20. I had a lot of issues. Anyway, uh, my original point, Lou Otten's, who invented the cassette and was also helpful in pioneering the compact disc in the late 70s and early 80s. He died at the age of 94. So rest in peace, Mr. Lou Ottens.
0: You know, I'm I'm devastated. (laughs) I'm devastated to hear that you didn't own an 8-track. Who didn't own an 8-track?
1: I never did. I somehow managed to avoid it, but when I was, you know, driving around with pals in the mid-1970s, when we first got our licenses, we were able to drive. Some of them did have 8-tracks in the car, and you'd be right into a great song, and then you get that click, and the thing has to change to the next track. I hated 8-tracks, and I'm glad I never had one. (laughs) Oh, but you know what? With the cassettes, the funny thing was, they would occasionally jam up, and so you'd have to get the pencil out and, you know, fix them, so... The pencils are in mourning, too, for Mr. Lou Wattens who left us.
0: Yeah. Well, I tell you what, Chad, I think we need to actually figure out how to do this. Uh, we'll, we'll have to think it over. We need to play a little bit of that Chesco... <laughs> uh tape you put together yeah yeah, yeah we fantasy need to child all about fantasy child
1: and i actually did have a couple of uh, several original songs table hockey wizard of course to the theme of pinball wizard is about a buddy of mine who always beat me in table hockey and bicentennial bullfrog which i wrote in 1976 for the bicentennial and uh my friends knew about this and they would occasionally ask me to sing it we had a strange life growing up
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, but but you know what? Uh, you have strange people here that are listening to you too. So we can, uh, we need to figure out a way to play some cuts and, uh, yeah. and, and, and let's hear what the, the old, the young Chesco was on. I like.
1: will pull out the, uh, cassette player at home and see what I can do to make this happen, Bill. All
0: right. Let's, let's move along. Okay. Let's talk flyers. Uh, needed a win last night, really bad against the Rangers after losing three in a row to the caps last week, looking pretty awful. Um, they needed those points. They got them. Carter Hart back in the net. Gave up four goals. Didn't play too awful bad, though. Uh, I thought Claude Giroux and Jake Voracek really stepped up, and they are stepping up to help this team out. Yeah, they needed that win badly. And, you know, I, I missed the first
1: two periods, and I, I turned it on, caught the third period and the overtime. And... uh they get behind four to three, then they tie it up. They think they go ahead, but there was an offside, so it didn't count. And then you go to overtime and you're fearing the worst, but you think, ah, well, at least I got one point, but you really need two. And then Jake Voracek out there for a minute and 51 seconds on one shift. And you know, to a person who doesn't follow hockey, that doesn't sound like much. But when you're out there and you've just played a full game and now you're on a shift that never seems to end, man you get tired and he found his second win though when he was able to steal the puck and he got in there and uh the goalie looked tired too he could barely move so voracek scored and as i think al morganti said on the post game he was surprised voracek was even you know strong enough to get his hands up to celebrate because he was definitely exhausted
0: yeah definitely a big win they need more big wins uh they need carter hart to right the ship here and, and get himself playing better um and, boy, the defense still needs a little help. There may still be a trade looming, but uh, interestingly enough, Gossespierre has now from, gone from the guy who was going to be traded to the guy who's their most reliable offensive defenseman. So – yeah. Uh, it's not going to be him, but somebody is going to have to move, I think, here soon.
1: Well, they have to do something because, I mean, since we talked last week, they they lost a few more games to Washington, uh, one of the teams that, you know, is in their division, of course. Well, they're playing everybody in their division. But, uh, again, so many giveaways, and it leads to a lot of goals. And you can't be expected to win 5-4 every night. You're going to have to get some great defense and some, you know, two-to-one wins. So you're going to have to play better defense. And as you said, Carter Hart's got to get better.
0: Yeah, well, and you know they, they gave Brian Elliott the basically looked like they were ready to hand the reins over to him as the starting goaltender, and he lays an egg in in that game against Washington. He was horrible, and they had to go to Hart. Uh, I don't think they were really ready to do that. I I think they were ready to go to Elliott and make a move until Hart got it together, and Elliott forced their hand by not playing well. Maybe they can bring Brian Boucher back one more time. Maybe. maybe. (laughs) All right. Well, let's give a shout out to all our partners over at the Edge of Philly Sports Network, Chet, and all their shows they have going on. You can check them out. The Broad Street Pulley Podcast, Drew, Jeff, and Doyle talking Flyers hockey. Birds IQ every Monday, 7 p.m. with Kyle and Eric Quinn. Edge of Philly Sports Live. Joe, Freddie, and Big Al cover four for four and so much more Philly Sports. You can watch them live tonight or no, tomorrow night. Because it's not Wednesday. It's only Tuesday. Right. Wednesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Join Tom Kelly and the gang at Pattinson Avenue Fanatics. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Talking all things Philly sports. You can check out all the shows at www.eopsports.com. Help us out by hitting the subscribe, follow, like buttons. And as always, share with your family and friends. Don't forget to sign up for the EOP newsletter that arrives every friday by email
1: and we had a little meeting on saturday you of course uh were zooming from florida in the sunshine down there um and we have got some big plans coming up for the nfl draft next month so we're gonna have all sorts of shows and articles and you know maybe even a, a live event um for the draft itself so we'll tell you more about that as we get closer to the draft which comes your way the end of april
0: yeah, and the whole entire EOP team will be participating in that in some form or fashion throughout the uh, throughout the draft. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, uh, we'll see what the Eagles uh, are going to pull off because we don't know if they're going to stay at six. We're going to you know, maybe have them trade down. They're not going to do a whole lot in free agency, but we can talk about all that.
0: Well, that's where I was headed back. I NFL thought you might be. It open moves have been made. Jalen Hurt or Jalen, Jalen Mills is now a Patriot. Another hole to fill, Chet. Some people seem happy that he's gone. Uh, you know what? He's been a starter. You can't just lose starters unless you have somebody to plug him in.
1: Yeah, a lot of holes to fill. I mean, as much as fans like to criticize Jalen Mills, the Green Goblin, as you said, was a guy who was there as a starter, and he did make some plays along the way. Uh, He was part of the Super Bowl team, and yes, it is another vacancy. Now, the bad news is that even with all the numerous salary restructurings that they've announced over the past week, the Eagles are still pretty much right up against it cap-wise, and they got to do some more. Now, they did give Zach Ertz permission today to talk to other teams to help – kind of make his own trade. Uh, of course, it's going to still take some negotiation on the part of that team and the Eagles to make it happen. But we know Ertz is going to go somehow, some way, and that will help free up a little money. Um, but they do need some more money so they can go out and get at least you know one or two free agents. Uh, but right now, as one of my bosses in radio told me years ago when I would ask for a raise, he would say, Jim, the money's just not there. And that's the Eagles problem right now.
0: That's right. Well, and, you know, it looks like so far the NFL is spending money. The Patriots have signed three or four different guys to big contracts. Andy Dalton signed with the Bears today for some unreasonable amount of money. I think $10 million with a $3 million incentive. Uh, uh, who was it? The, the Colts backup quarterback, uh, Brissett went Brissette to the Dolphins for to the a Dolphins. Whole ton of money. I mean, uh, kind of crazy. You know, they're, they're saying they don't have any money unless it's just the Eagles that don't have any money because they're spending it here uh, in the last day or two.
1: And not only Jalen Mills, but Nelson Aguilar going to the Patriots. So a couple of Eagles landing up with Bill Belichick Belichick and company. And uh, the Eagles are still making a decision about Derek Barnett. There's been a lot of discussion about that lately. Do you bring him back? I mean, he's going to be on the team unless they can find a taker. I don't think they're just going to cut him. But if he goes somewhere else, he's gonna get ten million or whatever. And you know, that's just the going rate for a defensive end because that's a key position for any NFL team. So Barnett has not been great in his four years, but he's serviceable.
0: Yeah, well, then again, you know, it comes back, you gotta replace him. Who yeah, you to replace him with, you know, and you don't wanna overpay him like crazy, but you gotta have solid replacements or you you got nothing.
1: They did restructure Brandon Graham, so he'll be back for at least this year. And uh, this, the contract calls for the second year also, but that doesn't guarantee that he'll be back. But Brandon Graham's not a kid anymore. So, yeah, they got a lot of work to do over the next uh, month or two in both free agency, if they can do anything there, and then the draft.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jet, Uh great guest tonight. At Boop, Bob Petrone, Jr., who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week. Well, Bill, joining us next week, and this is going to be fun, Bill.
1: Um, it is ladies' night. Two guests, both females. We will have longtime Sixers reporter D. Lynham joining us. She'll, of course, talk all things Sixers. D is always terrific when she joins us. And then in the second half hour, Bill, uh, you may have gotten wind of this. We're going to talk to a lovely lady that we met at Dick Vermeule's Golf Outing a few years back. She's become a friend. She also has since written a book called So This Is Love, primarily about her relationship with her now late husband. Um, Great lady and a talented writer, too. We will talk to Luann Lyons-Pal, a.k.a. Lulu, a.k.a. Louie, about the book and so much more. So D-Lynum, and
0: Luann Lyons Powell next week. Look, looking forward to both of them. Uh, Dee is always great, as we know, and uh, she'll be all over the Sixers situation. And uh, Louie, uh, that book is uh, is really special. So it'll be fun to talk talk about that as well, for sure.
1: Yeah, looking forward to that. And uh, don't forget, it is St. Patrick's Day tomorrow, Bill. And that's why I'm wearing my "I Love Beer" t-shirt yeah. because I'm wearing an I Love I
0: Press Box Radio. Uh, Sure, you know.
1: Well, I can't sell any of these, but we can sell our listeners and viewers a Philly Pressbox Radio T-shirt. We can uh, sell you one for ten bucks plus shipping. Or if you live in the area near me or you, uh, we can probably deliver it to you. Meet up for uh, an adult beverage or something and deliver it to you right there. So, if you want a Philly Pressbox T-shirt, ten bucks plus shipping if needed. We will make it happen. Let us know what you need. And we'll see what we have.
0: There you go. Hey Chet, uh, spring training hitting about the midpoint by the way did it snow or was it cold up there today
1: got some flurries this morning actually yes it was uh like 24 degrees yesterday this morning it was i think 31 or 32 when i went out but yeah there were a couple of flurries this morning i don't like that
0: <laughs> well I, I only say that to rub it in because oh, 80, i know <laughs> it was 84 degrees on the yeah thanks today uh, <laughs> the spring, the spring, training, <laughs> spring training is going well uh, center field job keeps getting more interesting. It looked like O'Double Herrera might be the the odd man out as he wasn't hitting well, and all of a sudden he has a big game. Uh, hits a home run, drives in some runs. Uh, he he's still in the mix. This thing's going to play out, I think, all the way to the end on these uh, last four or five spots ultimately are going to be the center field position yeah
1: it's going to be real interesting uh hit his second homer yesterday Uh, he wasn't in the lineup today I don't know if he got in the game uh they got shellacked by uh, I guess the Blue Jays today 14 to 5 and in addition to the center field question Bill Aaron Nola got whacked around today I think he gave up six runs in two plus innings or something like that that's not good I know it's spring training I know they're always going to say well he was working on you know this or that but when your number one pitcher is getting hit around and gives up six runs in two plus innings or three innings, whatever it was, I don't care if it's mid March. That's not good to see.
0: No, absolutely not. And some good news though, uh, and Joe Girardi's pretty happy about this, been talking about, it, is the bullpen. Uh yeah. they've been they've been throwing them out there in all kinds of different order and uh uh they're they're getting some work done. Uh getting get people out. Only hope they can bring that north with them
1: yeah that is good to see because uh i mean we've talked ad nauseum about how bad the bullpen was last year clearly they're going to be better the question is how much better um a lot of people are writing off the team as not being a contender but i think they can stay in the race and a key is going to be pitching and certainly the bullpen because you know starters don't go more than six innings nowadays most of the time sometimes seven if you're lucky but then you gotta you know hope you have some guys at the back end to finish things up and they certainly didn't last year we'll see if they do this year
0: yeah absolutely got to have it got a lot of things have to come together i think for this team to uh to really be able to compete throughout the season i just i feel like the braves are probably the team to beat but we'll see how it plays out see what that final roster looks like and and to your point you know you don't you don't want to go north with your uh with your number one guy not pitching well that's that's not good yeah,
1: they got to get that figured out, or he's got to get that figured out. We know he's going to be the opening day starter, and uh, I'm hoping for the best. I'm optimistic, and we'll certainly learn a little more over the next few weeks as spring training winds down, and then before you know it, Bill, it's going to be
0: opening day. Opening day. Unfortunately, well, well, let me ask you. Uh, I was going to say, unfortunately, fans aren't going to be in the seats. There are going to be fans in the seats. Uh, what, what did they? What's the rate of latest? Did they raise it up to fifty percent now? What are talking about? It
1: they are going to raise it up, but that's April fourth, so won't be in time for the opener or the uh, Saturday game after the opening opener because that's April first and April third. But yeah, they're going to go up from twenty or twenty five percent up to I think fifty percent as of April fourth. So that will be great. You are going to have twenty thousand plus fans at the ballpark, which is pretty typical actually for uh, an April phillies game anyway because Ooh, right. that's not a time when the crowd generally turns up cuz it's still cold there's still you know school so uh that's going to be nice when they raise it to 50% and you're going to have 22,000 people in the stands
0: Now now the, the state of Pennsylvania has approved that but the city of Philadelphia still has to approve behind it right Uh that
1: is true yeah yeah you they still got to get the city to right? Yep yeah.
0: Yep. Okay. Be interesting to see. All right, Chet, let's take another quick break and thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Razz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page for people to take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have 11 line Razzes, mystery boxes, and now a memorabilia shop. Check out their Facebook pages. Like them or follow them. It's PPCC 118 Razroom and PPCC 118 Razroom Shop on Facebook. Mr. Chesco, partied shot. We're, we're back on schedule.
1: How do we do that, Bill? I don't know. Well, as we discussed last week, Bill, we've hit one full year now with this damn COVID thing, but it seems like we are finally making some real progress. We're seeing fans in the stands now, as we just mentioned. Most movie theaters are open, albeit with limited capacity. I'm going to make my return to a movie theater in the next week, Bill. I think uh, that's going to happen. Restaurants are not only open, but many of them are starting to do pretty well again. I stopped in the Irish Rover early Saturday afternoon, Bill. And they had a real nice crowd. So that was great to see. Picked up some sweet and spicy wings, by the way, which were terrific as always. Um, As of April 4th, as mentioned, Pennsylvania's bars and restaurants will have a further easing of restrictions. Not not in Philadelphia just yet, unless they change it. But otherwise, yes, 75% capacity for bars and restaurants as of April 4th. And bar service will again be allowed for the first time in a year. All of that, of course, great news for the Irish Rover and other such establishments. Also, more and more people, Bill, are getting vaccinated, so that is terrific. Um, I haven't mentioned this publicly before, but I've managed to get fully vaccinated over the past month. Yes, Pfizer, twice, three weeks apart, and it's a good feeling, so I'm happy about that. When all of this began just over a year ago, I never, ever thought that we'd still be dealing with this here in March of 2021, but we are but finally there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully it's not an oncoming train, but I'm feeling good about it. I think we're going to get there and I can't wait. Yep.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Time to get back to normal for sure. Hey, one, uh, one comment I want to make Chet. uh, rest in peace, marvelous Marvin Hagler, another member of our youth. Uh, what a fighter, (laughs) great, uh, great to watch him just 66 years old, you know, um, just the memorable fights. Uh, that, that fight with Hearns, the fight yep. with Leonard, just great fights. And also, uh, it was really cool. I didn't get to go, obviously, because I'm down here. But uh, the Eastern Assassin Larry Holmes was over at Carl's Cards the other day, and uh, they said he was great to deal with too. Been hitting the head a lot of times, but uh, but Larry Holmes was great. Both boxers are, are good. to great stories from those guys.
1: Yeah, I never got to meet Larry Holmes and I thought about uh, trying to make it on Saturday, it did not happen, but uh glad to hear that that went so well and yeah, Marvin Hagler certainly a great fighter. Rest in peace. And the other thing I wanted to mention, Drew Brees, calling it quits. What a great career he had. You said he's one of the very best ever. Some people don't think he's quite, you know, top 10, but man, what a career he had. And he finally got that Super Bowl win. So, uh Drew Brees all the best.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I I didn't get to read the article, but I quickly saw he he already signed a big gig with uh, ESPN or somebody to do college football and a whole bunch. Yeah. of things, Yeah, right? he did that even before last season, so he's all set. Oh, oh, okay, all he's right. good. All right, Chet, anything else before we wrap this thing? Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody! Happy St. Patrick's Day! We'll <laughs> be back on Wednesday uh, next, next week. week too, so uh, we'll we'll be back on our regular schedule. So wrap, it up, wrap it Bill. up, Bill. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Bob Boop Patron, Jr. Our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of All State Insurance in Westchester, PA. For Jim Chetchesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, March 24th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook. Listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash Radio. On Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. Check us out. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Happy,
1: Happy